RadioInfluence.com. Oh my goodness, this is a blast from the past in my life, in Tom's life. Yet Tom is crushing it right now, and I don't see any signs of him slowing down. How you doing? What's happening? This is another edition of the Rock Stops Here podcast. How my guests have made it to the top. Tom McCarthy is the play-by-play TV voice of the Philadelphia Phillies. He also does NFL games on Westwood One, on CBS. He even filled in for Jim Nance last year, two years ago. Um, He's done NBA, tons of college basketball, still is doing college basketball, still is doing NFL games. And like I say, Philadelphia Phillies TV play-by-play voice. I knew Tom many moons ago when I worked at New Jersey Network in Ewing Township, Ewing Township, Trenton, New Jersey, Trenton. And Tom at the time was an intern in the sports department. And I had lost track of Tom, and then I see that, oh, Tom is play-by-play. Oh, oh, the Trenton Thunder in baseball, minor league baseball. But that's a pretty good gig. And the list goes on and on. He just keeps climbing the ladder. And now he has been, for a couple of decades, in Major League Baseball. And like I say, he's been at the top. NFL, NBA, college basketball and Major League Baseball, and just, wow, down to earth. No ego at all. And he is actually a former co-worker and friend of last week's guest on the Rock Stops Here podcast, Dandy Freed. They both worked for the Trenton Thunder at the time. It really is a small, 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 small world. So without getting into it, why don't I just, this is good. And boy, oh boy, when you hear his voice. Now, we taped this sitting up high near the broadcast booth at Tropicana Field. We sat in the stands up on the third level, the upper level. And when I was watching and listening to him during this interview, I was like, God dang, he's got great pipes. Oh, my God. is the, I, I can't even do it. Uh, but there's it's more than just having a great voice. I've known a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I've known guys over the years that have had great pipes doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a great broadcaster. They're going to get along with everybody. They're going to get the job done. They're not uh, they're not Karens. They're not divas. They're not pains in the butts, the asses. You know, you know what I'm talking about? So anyway, without further ado, he needs no more of an introduction. My man hasn't changed at all. Still a good, good dude. Here he is, Tom McCarthy. All right, I am with the, I would say the, he's got to be top five, maybe top three when it comes to the most versatile sportscaster, broadcaster in the United States, the one, the only Tom McCarthy. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing great. It's great to see you. You, yeah. So anyway, we we know each other from like, is that a different lifetime ago? It seems like it's a different lifetime ago. I had hair. You still have your hair, but I had <laughs> hair at that point. And um, I had no idea what I was going to be doing once I left college. You had an idea of what you were doing at that point because you were working 
Um, and you had a good crew around you too. But yeah, it does seem like a lifetime ago. It really does. But you know, I think that's where my seed was planted because I did that. I was a writer. I was doing stuff at the school. So, you know, interning with New Jersey Network. And it was just, there's so much stuff going on. Now, how many years are you doing Major League Baseball, which includes pre and post game? So I started, I tried out for the Phillies in September of 2020. I was with the Thunder at that point. And I was hired for the 2021 season. So, um, this would make my 23rd year of broadcasting Major League games. Now, I I left the Phillies for two years, went to the Mets, so I'm including all of that. So it's oh, 21st yeah. with the Phillies and 23rd overall. No. I always lose track, though. Oh, does it really matter? It really yeah. doesn't matter. But, no, Tom is unbelievable. So he is, and I did it all in the introduction, you know, the play-by-play TV uh, voice of the Phillies, does NFL games, Westwood One, CBS. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you still do college basketball? College hoops, and I'm actually going to be adding college football uh, to the schedule this year. So it's uh, I've been really lucky with what I'm doing outside of the Phillies stuff. I mean, I've been blessed and lucky with the Phillies, but then outside of my Phillies work, I've been able to really carve out a, a cool schedule of games outside the baseball season. Not a lot, but enough to keep me busy. I mean, you're the busiest. You're the busiest. And this is all at the top level. You know, there, there's some like Dave Wills who passed away with the Tampa Bay Rays. He had said years ago, he's like, you know what? When it comes to the offseason, I don't want to do college basketball. Let other let other guys do it. I'm just going to I'm just going to do everybody has a different way of looking yeah. at it. But for you. You know, baseball is such a day in and day out, long, long, long grind. Do you like having the variety of doing football, doing hoops, Tom? Yeah, I do. I I think it makes me better, uh, actually, one sport to the other. And and the other part of it, too, and and I respect what Dave was saying. I know Andy feels that way, too, because Andy and I have known each other forever, and I always knew what his, his thought was, too. And I think I'm getting to that point, but I always had that variety when I was younger, gotcha. uh, even before I, I started as a, a baseball broadcaster, I was doing football and basketball. So it's all I kind of know. And I get bored so fast. And not that, you know, my wife doesn't have enough things for me to do. There's not <laughs> enough travel that we, there's, there's a plenty of travel we can do. My kids are all older, uh, but I do get bored. Sometimes I look around, even when I'm doing football and basketball, and it's just me and the dogs. It, because my wife teaches, my youngest is still in college my oldest is out of the house my second oldest is still playing professional baseball and my my daughter my oldest daughter is a teacher so sometimes i look around and my family does not like when i get bored because then things start to happen around the house that um that are probably entertaining to them but then they're like "Uh oh here he goes (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so let's just put him to work and let him do some football basketball games unbelievable now Andy is very unusual because when he was a little kid, he just wanted to do baseball. And that's kind of rare. What about for you, Tom? Did you want to be, did you want to be on the six and 11 o'clock news? Did you want to do radio? Was it play by play just a baseball? How about it? (laughs) You know, honestly, Rock, when I went to college, I went to play baseball. I thought I was going to be a baseball player even when I went to college. Interesting. Um, And I got cut my freshman year and I was kind of lost because I didn't, then I was going to play basketball in college because I was recruited for both. And I wasn't really good at, I, I wasn't excellent at either one, but I was good enough to play Division Three. 
So I went to school as a, I was a, I, I was a different major at all the schools I applied to. That's hysterical. And, and cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. Sure. I was a biology major at Trenton State College wow. where I went wow. and I was a really bad biology major, <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> uh, in fact, when you and I first met, I had just transferred out of the biology department. I was going to be, I was going to be a doctor. That's what I was going to do because I didn't know broadcasters. I didn't know people who did anything but being a doctor. My father worked for the phone company. My mom was a homemaker who worked for a mortgage company. I knew accountants. I knew firemen. I knew policemen. Those are all the jobs that I knew. Right. So having that sort of carrot of doing something as cool as broadcasting was never on my mind. I thought it would be great, but I was like, I don't know how to do that. I'm not sure how I'm going to be able to do that. But it wasn't until I got cut from the baseball team that I realized that I wanted to do something in sports. Got you. So I stayed biology because I was going to be a sports orthopedist. That's what my thought was. Um, but then I transferred to communication, much to the happiness of everybody in the biology department. Because, I, again, I was a really bad biology major. And even when I graduated, I, I went back to school to get my master's to teach because I still didn't know what I was going to do. Uh, and I was fortunate that uh, people helped me along the way. They did. I mean, you guys did at NJN and... and you know, Pat Scanlon and Jerry and Jerry did, um, Jerry Henry did. Sure. But, but it was also other people. Like my sure. boss at the Trenton Times, I was a writer. He, let, he would let me go cover a game and then broadcast the game. So I'd get paid double. So I'd get 50 bucks to broadcast the game and I'd get like 75 bucks to write the story. So I kind of made some good extra change when I was in college. Wow, incredible. Now, you did uh, a lot of college. You did Princeton. You did Rutgers. You you start on your path. You're at the Trenton Thunder mm -hmm. for about six started years in 94. or so. Yeah, I started in 94, left in 2000. Uh, there are a lot of guys that are in the minor leagues that, you know, the opportunities, it's so very hard that can yeah. good and never get that shot. So when you were going... And it's now like year five, year six. Yeah. Are you sending out? Are you hoping? Yeah. And what was it? Like? Yeah, there, there was an opening here that I was in the mix for before Andy and Dave. Really? Um, and, and my wife said, I don't really want to move to Tampa or to St. Pete. And then there was an, also an opening in Milwaukee for a, a radio broadcaster for the Bucks. And, you know, I don't know how far I got. I know I got, I got interviewed over the phone and that was and then I was going to go out there. Uh, there were different opportunities that I had gotcha. to go to AAA from AA, to go to the big leagues or go to the NBA or do something else, do talk radio outside the area. But at that point, I had two kids. I was making good money. I was promoted to be the vice president of the minor league team, was offered a chance to go be the president of another minor league team, almost took it. And I, I just got fortunate that the, that the Phillies job opened up. It, just like I got fortunate when the Thunder came. Because I was going to go somewhere else to broadcast, but my wife and I had just got married, and and she right. was okay with it, but wasn't in love with it. Right. So, honestly, Rock, I'm very lucky because I'm in the same house I was in when I was a minor league broadcaster. I have not moved one time. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Unbelievable. bought it 24 years ago, 25 years ago, and still in it. It's worth a lot more now. Yeah, probably is. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, well, so are all the uh, home equity loans that I have, too. Yeah. <laughs> now... You're with the Phillies, you're pre and post, you're doing some games. Yep. You go to the New York Mets yeah. for two years on WFAN. You're in the number one market. You're on a fan. Yep. 
But then you go to the Phillies for a five-year deal. Was it because you're just from that area? You love the Phillies it's or It's a what? really good question. It was a tough decision because I was in the middle of my contract with the Mets. And I grew up a Mets fan, so I thought it was the greatest thing in the world that I was sitting in Bob Murphy's seat because he was my guy listening to when I was a kid and even in college. You know, but I loved my time with the Phillies. And I was a radio broadcaster, obviously. I did very little TV. And the then owner of the, the Phillies, David Montgomery, who was the sweetest man in the history of, of, of bosses. He was the greatest boss you could ever work for. He said to me before I left, when I left, he said, I'm going to bring you back. And I was like, well, David, I appreciate that. I appreciate everything you've done. But I think this is the path that I'm, I'm meant to be on, is to be in New York and be the, be the Mets broadcaster. He said, I'm going to bring you back. So I was in the middle of my contract. It was a five-year contract if I recall correctly and he said I'm going to call the Mets and WFAN because I would like you to come back to do television and I said David I said I'm not a TV guy he said but Harry Callis is getting up there in age we have no plans for him to retire but we want to make sure that we have somebody that is there to fill in when he needs off for NFL to also eventually take over for him when he retires, whenever that is. And I turned it down a couple times because I felt it was wrong for me to leave the Mets after they gave me a chance to do the whole game. And I loved the booth. Um, and he kept pushing. And, and I did have still a real big affinity for Philadelphia. I loved it there. I did. Great organization, family organization. I think my wife and kids really enjoyed it. Not as, not that they didn't enjoy the Mets. Sure. Uh, because they did. But my partners in New York, Howie Rose and Gary Cohen, Gary was TV, I, Howie was my partner on radio, they were the ones that said, you have to take this job. This is family life-changing. You can broadcast. You're going to do TV. You'll probably still be able to do radio. You need to take this job. And... David also called my wife and said, I really need him to take this job. And my wife was always supportive. Even when I turned down the president's job of the minor league team, I called her and said, listen, I'm not going to take this job. I'm, I really want to broadcast. And she said, well, I don't care what you do. We need milk. <laughs> that was what she said. Um, and she really wanted me to think about going back to Philadelphia wow. because it was, it was a, such a good organization and it was a great opportunity. And as it turned out, it was the right thing to do. Unfortunately, Harry passed away in 09 which crushed all of us. And my job as the lead broadcaster on TV started a little faster than I thought it was going to. You were called, when that was, he died, didn't he die at the... Died it? in Washington, in the booth. And so opening right away... Opening day for Washington. We had already been on the road in Colorado. Opening day. And he hadn't been feeling well. The next day we were supposed to go see the president, President Obama, because we had won the world championship the year before. So it was our trip to the White House. And he hadn't been feeling great. And that morning he said, I couldn't remember if it was Ryan Howard. Somebody was banged up and they weren't sure if they're gonna have a lineup change. And I remember we, we stood in front of the lineup together and he said, he said, T-Mac, he called me T-Mac first. He said, T-Mac, let me know if there's a lineup change. I'm gonna go upstairs. But he hadn't been feeling great. Went upstairs and 20 minutes later we had received word that he had collapsed. And our broadcast, our director of broadcasting, Rob Brooks, who's still with us, tried to perform CPR on him because the paramedics, um, they got there quickly, but they, if you've ever been to Washington, it's really high. And it's a, it's a six stops on the elevator. And it was hard to get up there. 
Uh, he had basically passed in the booth, but Rob tried to perform CPR, and unfortunately he had passed away that day. And it was the toughest broadcast we've ever had to do because we had to go on the air and tell everybody that he had died. And um, I can't imagine. Yeah, I remember, I can't imagine. I remember the Nationals asked us if we wanted to postpone the game. And it was really classy of them. And David Montgomery said Harry would not want that. And he wouldn't have wanted Give that. Give me goosebumps. So we went on the air and we, we told everybody. And it was hard. The whole day was hard. I was trying to. I have a regret about that because I tried to be professional in my mind. Of course. And not emotional. And inside it was ripping me apart that we were doing this game. And I was trying to hold back tears. And I did the whole day until I got back to the hotel. <sighs> And um, there were times where I thought about it that it was okay if I let my emotions show. I, I told Andy that too um, when Dave passed away. As crushing as it was, I said, let your emotions show because people are feeling the same pain you're feeling. Um, and I, I really felt it that day that I should have let it go more. Be, and it was okay because I did at the hotel that night. So it was tough. It really was. And um, my partners were unbelievable. My the team was unbelievable. I mean, it was just a, it, it was the hardest day we've ever had in broadcast. I can't imagine. Yeah. And he would've is such a, le such a legendary. Yeah, wish oh my God. Yeah. So here you are, you're doing the Phillies, you're good. You're doing the NFL. And boy, oh boy, I think it was even last year. I don't know how you were doing it with scheduling. Yeah. And oh my God, the Phillies are letting you yeah. go. Phillies is still your base, but you're doing the NFL games. Didn't you also fill in for Jim Nance because he got COVID? A couple COVID? years ago, yeah, he got COVID. Uh, it was oh. the Buccaneers game okay. uh, against the Panthers, I believe. Um, and, you know, I got a chance to fill in. I was the fill in for everybody. So every week I would prepare for every game if I didn't have a game. And if somebody did unfortunately get COVID, I would slide in and do it. it. It hadn't happened, though. Everybody was really following the protocols, and it was really, everybody was healthy. It's a lot then, of preparation. It's preparation it was. It was anyway. great, though. I mean, I was, my you, mind was rolling. I it was, bet. It was great. Um, and then Jim got sick, unfortunately. And he was unbelievable when they asked me to do it. He called me right away, texted me the whole week. And uh, it was great working. My, my, my former producer, Jim Rickoff, was, is the A producer. So I got to work with him again. Uh, and it was a really cool experience. Everybody was so awesome. Tony was awesome. Tracy Wolfson was incredible. Uh, and everybody, all my whole support staff was great, too. So you've been doing NFL games yeah. on Westwood. How much different is it going from radio to TV for NFL games? I, I always tell people that, that, NF, that, that TV, it doesn't matter what, what sport it is, it's more about the team, your team, my partner, my stat guy, my producer, my director, it's almost like being part of a, a team that you play on. You're relying on all of their great abilities and success to make the whole thing work. I see. And I really like that part of it. As radio, it's you. Yeah. And you have a partner and you have an engineer, but it's you. And there's more individualism to it. I think the on TV, the analyst is the star. On radio, I think the play-by-play -play guy is the star. Right. And I think... You know, I never try. I just try to get out of their way on TV, sort of lay them up to see if they can, you know, what they're going to say and what they're going to do and just kind of drive the bus more than anything else. Uh, but I love the differences between two. I get I get a rush when I go back and do radio and I get a rush when I'm on television. It's an but it's a different rush. 
Uh, but I love doing both of them. How about basketball? How different is that for you, whether it's faster. college or NBA? Yeah, faster. faster. So I, I think basketball on the radio is the fastest. It's like doing hockey. I've never done hockey, but I'm assuming it's the same thing. So I think it's the fastest because you are, I mean, it's, you're going up and down. And, and the style of play is different than it was when I did Princeton. You know, there were passes galore. <laughs> There's not anymore in a lot of these Pete games. Carrell? Even the Princeton games now with Mitch Henderson as the head coach. So I just think it's faster. It's just uh, kind of got to kick it into high gear. It takes me a little bit to get used to it again. Uh, but I do think it's cool when I get a chance to do it. Just a couple more, Tom. Just overall, this is not an X's and O's podcast mm-hmm. at all. But early in the season, I had Dallas Braden on from the Oakland A's. He's the color guy. And he was great. And he was like, I said, what do you think of the new rules? And everybody was loving him. And he's like, well, what you're, you're Mr. Cool and what are you, old school? And he's like, no. I'm used to telling a lot of stories as the color guy, oh, yeah. and now I'm. I, 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 it's changed. But now you're well. Here we are. You got a half of a season under your belt. Yeah. Has it changed at um, that much for you? And do you like? Do you like the speed well, of play? Well, first and foremost, I love the rules. I think it's great. I do too. I think the pace is great. I think the energy of the game is great. I think the players have adapted to it. It's taken some time. Um, I, I I love the rules. I think I love everything about them. I think Major League Baseball. Did the proper research. I think they're going to tinker even more. Um, I don't think they're going to change the clock. People think, well, they're going to change the pitch timer. It's going to get. They're going to add it to 20. I said, no way. They're going to keep it the way it is. Uh, and I think they may do other things to try to enhance the product. I do think there's certain other things that they've changed that I'd like to, that I like them to look at. I think official scoring's gotten gotten very wonky. I think that it's been very offensive driven, and I think that the the pristine part of the game, the 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 errors, the you know, all those that they're taking away a lot of what should be errors and making them hits because I think they want to be offensive minded. Gotcha. Um, I think that part has to change back to the way it used to be. The integrity of the game sometimes get lo- gets lost with this new vamped system of how there's how to score, and there's some really good scores out there. Some that aren't changing, which I love, yeah. uh, but others that are you know sort of acquiescing to the analytic part of the game and making it more offensive-minded. But I think the rules themselves, I think they're great, and I've gotten used to them. I still have to read promos faster. (laughs) We have to get back from highlights faster. Uh Those things, but Uh I think that's okay. It's been, oh my God, it's phenomenal. The ratings, overall Major League Baseball, ballparks being filled around the country. It's great, it's great, it's great. Yeah, our Uh, place is filled now. Our place off the National League Championship has been filled so much this year. It's been so great. Isn't that neat? It's neat. All right, so two things. How long do you want to go? Uh, some some say you're going to kick me out. There are some that saying no. I know Susan Waldman from the end. She's like, oh, my God, retirement to me is dead. <laughs> like, you know, and so everybody's different. And I respect you? all that. How about you, Tom? I, I don't really have a blueprint. I, 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 do, I, do, I do have other things that I, I may want to do when I get into my 60s. Um, I can't see myself doing this as long as, let's say, John Sterling does it to his level. Uh, you know, he's 85 years old. I mean, I, I would like to enjoy some of my, my older years while I can enjoy my older years. But I, if you asked me when I was 32 and asked anybody around me, they would say I would, have, I would do it until I couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> but I don't feel that way anymore. I, I feel like I've been blessed with this opportunity that's going to be – you know, more than 25 years once my contract is done. 
and then I'll reevaluate it at that point. And I'm extremely grateful for everything that I have and always will be grateful for That's everything awesome. I have. That's There's a reason why, man. Now, I ask everybody at the end, you have made it to the top. And you made it to the top doing NFL and NBA and the highest level of college basketball and, of course, Major League Baseball. What would be your key to success? What would your advice be, Tom? My advice to everybody, and, and this is the same advice I give my oldest son, who is one By of the, the Mets way, yes, broadcasters congratulations now. To him yeah, and, I, and, and my and my son, who's still playing That's professional awesome. baseball, is to treat people the way you want to be treated. To never be, never think you're bigger than anybody that you're around, uh, because it, when it comes down to it, it, it's about relationships, and it's the relationships that let's say you and I have or that I have with my stage manager, or I have with the manager, or I have with my partners. I want to know everybody's name that's with me and my crew. I want to know everybody's name around the ballpark. I want to make them feel like what they do is as important as what I do. And that's my advice to anybody that comes into this, to, into this, into this sport, into broadcasting as a whole, is to treat people the way you want to be treated and realize that if you don't, somebody else can come and do it just as well as you can. But just treat people the way you want to be treated because when you make them feel like they're part of what you're doing, even though it's only a small part of this game, I think there are times that it can make somebody's day. And I think that's important. The most versatile broadcaster in the United States. I got to put you at number one. Well, Tom, thanks, buddy. Thank you, man. Yeah, thank you. You know, when I was sitting there talking to him and I'm just listening to, you know, all, all of the things that he's done, I'm like, <laughs> it's so hard to get top level gigs in this broadcasting field. It really is. And if you're employed for 23, 24, 25 years plus and at the top level, man, that means you're a good guy. You are, you are a guy that people want to work with. Let me tell you something. It's a small business. Everybody knows everybody or everybody knows somebody that's worked with this person. And word gets around if you're a jag off or you're a pain in the ass to work with. Word gets around. And so for Tom to be employed everywhere, <laughs> Tom, you certainly get along with people. And I'm glad you haven't changed. Same, same, same young guy that you were and still are. Good job, good job. So thank you, Tom. Continued success. Continued success. Now, it's funny because Andy Freed, who is the Rays radio play-by-play -play guy, and if you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to check it out because he's got a message for all of us. It's just life in general. Life can be taken from all, any of us on the at the drop of a hat. And so just in, try to enjoy each and every day. You don't know. No, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. You all know this. But his partner, Dave Wills, unexpectedly died during spring training, this spring training. And, I mean, young man, not that he was up there in age or 70 or he's pushing it, 75. No. And, um, but anyway, Andy worked with Tom at the Trenton Thunder. Trenton. Is it Trenton? Trenton. Trenton Thunder. And so after we did that podcast last week when I taped with Tom at Tropicana Field, Tom went into the booth 
or he went into his booth because the Phillies were playing the Rays last week and they took a picture together. And it was like the two buddies got together. They used to work together years ago, and now they're both on opposing teams doing play-by-play, and they're still, you know, really get along with each other and all that jazz. So when I saw that picture of both of them, I retweeted it, and I was like, hey, this week's guest right now on the Rock Stops Here podcast, Andy Freed, Rays, play-by-play. The guy on the right, Tom McCarthy, Phillies, play-by-play, NFL on CBS, He's my guest next week. So when I went to the Trop to see the Rays and the Braves, the next series, the next day, we're down by the dugout. I was waiting for Apple TV, a uh, broadcaster there that I was going to get on the podcast, which will be an upcoming episode. So we're kind of waiting for Kevin Cash. We're there. And Andy comes down with his partner, Neil Solans, and he said something Rock would know. And he said, hey, Rock, I didn't know that you knew Tom. That's unbelievable until I saw that picture that you retweeted. And I said, he goes, how did you know? Where, where was that that you worked together? I said, it was when he was an intern, New Jersey Network, many, 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 many moons ago. And then they started talking and this and that. And the old knew Andy back when he was in the minors broadcasting. Like I say, it really is a pretty small fraternity. It's not that big. And it's a tight fraternity. And word spreads. If you are not a good person or you don't get along or you're hard to work with, there's a name in particular. He is a national name known sportscaster slash news commentator. I'm not going to say his name, but I can't tell you over the course of maybe the last 20 years, when his name is brought up, it's incredible. It's like, what an asshole. What a jerk off. Oh, what a, and it's like universal. And a very, very talented individual, but he's lost a lot of gigs and he can't get another big one. And that's probably the reason. You know, like I say, man, and I, 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 I used to speak at, well, I would do the Great American Teaching every year with my son and his classes, and then he grew up, now my daughter, her classes, and whatever age it is, I would always, you know, they want to know stories, they want to know this and that, who's the, who's the most famous person you ever met, you know, who's the biggest jerk, you know, stuff like that. You ever get any autographs? <laughs> you ever get any pictures? But I would always tell the kids, look, here, here's my message to you. You don't have to get along with, you're not going to like everyone. That's not realistic in life. But you got to be able to get along. If there's somebody that you don't like and you got to work with, you got to try to get along. You don't have to hang with them, whatever. But don't be a jerk. And that is the message that keeps on ringing true every time I talk to my guests that have made it. You gotta, you gotta treat people right. You know, don't be a jerk, man. And uh, here we go again. Tom McCarthy, how you treat people, how you treat everyone, how you treat the guy that's sweeping up, 
how you treat the uh, woman that's coming into your booth that's giving you your drinks or who's going to be waiting on you or the guy out in the parking lot that's that's taking your digital ticket looking at your phone and it's a hundred degrees i don't know how they do it down here at tropicana field it has been the hottest earliest part of the summer i can ever remember we bet it is so hot and i don't know how they stand out there or i don't know how they do it man i don't know if you work outside god bless you god bless you because when times were tough, I thought, well, I could always go back to line painting. I did line painting for a long time. Not a long time, a couple, several years in New Jersey. I couldn't do it down here. I couldn't work on roads and highways and all. Oh, and fresh tar, uh, new macadam if it's down. You got to put, oh my, I can't, I can't imagine it. I don't know how roofers do it. I don't know how anyone that works outside, I don't know how you do it. You're tougher and stronger than me. God bless you, man. God bless you. But anyway, it was really interesting. So wasn't that kind of cool? It was kind of cool that uh, there you go. And a really neat story coming up might be next week's podcast. So I'll wait. I'll wait to tell you that next week. But it was uh, all good. Everything is good. Like I say, we're getting settled in. Really nice. During the 4th of July, there was a block party on our in our neighborhood and uh, one of the mothers that walk, she walks every day at around 1220. Uh, and during the heat of the day, she wears a, a visor and her shorts and she walks. And I'm like, oh, my God. And when we first moved in, we've been here a couple months, two months, three months, something like that. I'd always be out in the yard when the weather was nicer. I'm still got to go out and do yard work. But. And she go by, hello, hello, you know the neighbor? Yeah, my name is Jen, my name is Rock, how you doing? I have a daughter, oh, I got a daughter, gonna go to high school too, same thing, blah, 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 she plays soccer, okay, my daughter's been in musical theater, and we just started talking. So, and then one day, Emily drove in with Addie, our daughter, oh, this is my daughter, how are you? And we exchanged numbers. And so this woman invited our family, said, hey, there's gonna be a block party at the end of the cul-de-sac, and you guys are welcome. Just bring, you know, something. And uh, and that was really nice. And we went down and it was great. Everybody was nice. My daughter got to meet another girl that's going to be in her high school. Uh, freshman class, same time. Everybody was nice. Really cool. And it was really nice. It was really, really nice. I know it's a little thing, but it's also a big thing. And so we are settling in nicely. Yes, I'm driving a little bit more, but you know what, man? All is good. Good, 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 good. Uh, we're getting a little bit closer to football season, but you know what? I like the anticipation. I like having the summer I like covering the baseball when the team is home. Now we got the all-star break. And then it's back here now for the second half of the season. Um, I like that, though. I don't like year. I don't I don't want one thing year round. I, I like variety. So I'm looking forward to the trip to Canton, Ohio, to, to be with Rondé Barber and his family and friends and that era, that team that I covered. I love going to Canton. I'm going to fly to Cleveland. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be neat. 
And uh, but I like this time right now, and I'm trying to get settled. Like I've been, I've been getting the studio settled. Um, I'm working on something. A good acquaintance that I would hope would be a friend who's a good guy, and uh, we'll see. It's gotten me excited. I hope something does come through. You, you know, there hope, anticipation keeping your fingers crossed that an opportunity will come up. You got to be ready when that opportunity knocks. And that's what I'm actually working on now. I can't explain it. We'll wait and see. But things are going good. Positive, keeping positive. And when you're positive, man, you, and usually things work out, man. Usually things work out. Now, here's something that I, I got to bring up. Do you agree? Do you agree? Disagree? We all know the deal about newspapers, how newspapers just died. No one or no one, a very, very small, small percentage of Americans still get the newspaper delivered to their home. It's usually if you're older. Am I right? Right. My father-in-law still gets... The St. Pete Times, I'm sorry, uh, Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay Times, uh, delivered on Sundays. And then, of course, he has the, I think he has the digital subscription. I don't know. But still, oh, and there's, I think the Times delivers on Wednesday, too. I'm not sure. I know it's Sunday only. But that business is just about done. You know, they, they the digital way is the way to go but it's just hard to make the money that you used to make in advertising same thing with radio i sports radio there's less and less because they're of podcasts there's so many podcasts but still the day-to-day you know you can't do a x's and o's once a week podcast about a team in season because then it's outdated you know, the news cycle is 24 hours until the next game, unless it's football, which is only once a week. But uh, local TV news is such a dying business and is pretty much done. It, you know, I, listen, I worked in it for a long time um, and it's very, very interesting. And I've been talking to those that are still in it. And I'm actually amazed that they're still going on with the old school, you know, the half hour news. And you start at the top with a breaking story. It's usually a crime or they some, some even start with weather. They give weather a long, long chunk of time. The sports on local news is usually right at the end and maybe they get a minute, 20 seconds. You blink and it's done. And it's it's been like that for a long time. And now, the reason why I bring this up, we stayed at my in-law's house for three, four months I thought it was five months. My wife said it was only four months, but it seemed like five months. I'm so thankful for my in-laws 
because we would have spent so much in rent when we sold our house and we were looking. And it was a long process, hard process, not a lot of inventory. And my in-laws, who are great, 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 great people, unbelievable, they still watch the local news. Now, when that generation is done, I don't know how local news on TV, unless they just change the format somehow. I know they've been trying to figure it out, but I'll tell you, I was in the dugout uh, pregame the other day. Two guys that are my age were in the dugout, and they said, I can't think of the last time that I waited for the six o'clock or the 11 o'clock news to find out what was going on. I can't remember. And these guys are my age. Is anyone that's younger, anybody in their 20s, their 30s, even their 40s, going to sit down in the living room and wait for the six o'clock news? Are you going to wait until 11 o'clock at night? You got your phone. You got your apps. You got your notifications. You have what you want to know on your phone, on your feed. And it just, it's a shame, but I mean, it's just the changing of the times. It's, I don't know how they're going to make it. I really don't. Now, maybe it's different in some markets. Maybe, maybe it's different where you are. I don't know where in the United States it's still a thing. I don't. It's just, you know, there, there's, I, I don't want to give away names. When, when I'm having some conversation and we're not recording or anything like that, we're just chewing the fat or BSing, they might not want their names known on this, but I was talking to someone that used to be not that long ago, maybe like two years ago, year and a half ago, was a main anchor at uh, 6 and 11 o'clock at night getting paid very, very well locally and left that gig to pursue other opportunities, still is in the business, still is a freelance, is a freelancer, has one gig that's a very good gig. And he was just telling, he was like, Rock, it's been done. He said, do you know what my ratings were at night? This is an affiliate. When I say affiliate, it means either ABC, NBC, CBS or Fox. Okay. One of those in a major market. And he said, you know what our ratings were at 11 o'clock at night? 0.3. I thought you were going to think I'm Blutarski from Animal House. 0 0.3. You can't survive on that. How you're getting advertising still is amazing. The, the eyeballs are so little. But it's just, it's the changing of the times, man. You got to get with it, you know, and I'm trying <laughs> to do my best. I remember years and years ago when I worked in uh, radio and local TV, and I remember there was a, a, a talk show host, sports talk show host, and he was a longtime sports anchor on News Channel 8 in Tampa, Chris Thomas. And this is going, I'll bet you this is... 15 to 18 years ago, maybe 20. And at that time, I remember him saying, 
because he came from Baltimore, very successful, and he was very successful in at Tampa. And he was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just barely hanging on to try to figure out how it's going. Like I'm just barely there. And that was 15, 20 years ago. Can you imagine now? So anyway, just something that I would throw out, but we were just talking about it at a Rays game. And it isn't like I'm talking to, you know, a 22 year old. It was somebody my age and another guy sitting there, my age, all three of us. And we said, we don't watch. I don't, I got to tune on at six o'clock news, see what's going on. Or I got to, oh, I got to stay up till 11 o'clock tonight to see what's going on. I already know what I want to know in my feed. I will tell you what I I don't even like and I try to get rid of it, delete, or I see so much violence and fights. Like maybe there was a time where I would watch street fights or some different things. I guess I do remember that, you know, but once you do that, it just keeps coming up on my feed. Not that I've subscribed to some of these channels and some, right, the real violence, real this and that, it's going to say, I don't need to see it at all. I'm trying to keep, I'm trying to keep things positive. Look, I like, just like you, when you see an accident, yep, I'm going to rubberneck and look over. Yep, I do. Okay. Or you might see some crazy video. Yep, I'm going to look. But when it comes to the real bad stuff, I try to keep on going and scrolling anymore because I don't I don't want to see negativity, man. Real, real negativity, you know? It's trying to have fun. Life is about fun. Fun, 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 fun. My wife goes, is that all you're talking about is fun? Yeah. All right, so listen, that, what are we at here? I think I'm going to just cut that one right to about, I think that's pretty good uh, for this one. I want to thank my guest, Tom McCarthy, continued success, Big Tom, and to all of you, I hope you're enjoying this summer. I hope you're enjoying each and every day. Let's make the best of it. I'm going to continue to talk to people that are successful, and it's even been even more so than I would have thought. I now have about a hundred and I don't even know, maybe 120 episodes of this, way over a hundred. And I'm really almost blown away by everyone that comes on the rock stops here. Is a, they've been good people. They're not scammers. They're not bullshit artists. They're not trying to get over uh there there is a reason why these people are successful because they're good people not only good workers hard workers driven make good connections network all that stuff is great and you need that but everyone that has made it to the top Maybe they're not at the top now because you're the top. You can't go any higher. You know, you're going to you're going to go down. That's how life goes. But everyone has been a good person and and has a good outlook on life. Everyone, everyone so far. It's amazing. It can only make me have positive things, you know. So anyway, anyway, there you go. So listen, if you want to subscribe, subscribe. If you want to leave a comment, that great. 
do your thing that it'll help just whatever i appreciate you listening and i will talk to you next week same time same place right here on the rock stops here 